What's up, what's up, Highness Queens? We are back with another episode of Bluntly Black Girls. And this week, we are getting a little, like, I'm I'm, I'm gonna just be real upfront with y'all. I did not want to upload this episode, but it was so amazing because my guest was so amazing. But there were a lot of points in the episode where... I really got vulnerable and that is something that is very nerve wracking and I was very tempted to take out some of these imperfect parts. But I said, you know what? We are taking risks. We are stepping out on faith. We are doing things in spite of being scared um, or fearful um, of judgment or anything like that. And, like, we're being our authentic selves here in Bluntly Black Girls. This is a safe space, and I'm curating a safe space um, for my listeners, which means I also need to curate a safe space for myself. And so I say all that to say uh, I hope y'all enjoyed this episode and bear with me because there are technical issues, which is another reason why I really didn't want to post some parts of this episode because it got quite frustrating. Um, the the robots were not fucking with me um, this day. So, but the information and the vibe and the energy of my guests is just so fuckingly amazing and high, like like cannabis high, but also like her spirits are high. Her vibe is very like vibey like she just got very good energy super high energy and it made me feel comfortable enough to open up and be vulnerable and so of course I wanted to share that with you um also she happens to be like a super knowledgeable like super 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 fucking knowledgeable um black woman uh black and Caribbean woman who knows a whole fucking lot about growing cannabis and about making hashish. So we touched on those topics a little bit as well, um, talking about how she started from never smoking until she was 23 to now being on stages, um, talking about how to grow and advising people on how to make hashish. And it's just, she her her journey, her story is so amazing it's like I don't know I don't even know how to describe it it was just a great time to talk to her to get feel her energy and to you know kind of I felt like this is what I felt like I felt like I was um sitting in a car like on a road trip with like this dope ass random ass fucking person that I met somehow and we're taking this road trip we're driving down um, the one-on-one or the one, I don't know, whatever that fucking highway is, Pacific Coast Highway, like, you know, in the movies and you see they have like the old Oldsmobile, um, with the top down and your hair is just blowing in the wind. You're just having a ball and you're laughing and singing songs and you're talking about life. And this is just a really wise, fun person. That's what I felt like this conversation was. So... I wanted to share it with y'all and it deserves to be out there in the world. So that's what we're going to do. We're, we're doing things in spite of being 
in fear or spite of being scared. And that's definitely something that we talk about as well in this episode. So, again, please disregard all the technical issues that go on and just stay for the message. I hope y'all enjoy. Let me know what you think. Um, comment, rate, subscribe. Like, seriously, if you guys could comment, rate, and subscribe, that would be so amazing. I'm really, 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 really working on making sure that I can put out the best kind of content um, that is going to resonate with you guys. I want to put out there what you want to hear. And the best way for me to figure out what it is that you want to hear is for y'all to tell me. So if you comment, if you rate, I mean, like, seriously, even if you don't like it, rate it a low rating. I am fine with constructive criticism. Yeah, okay. I think that's it. Mm, Let's light up and smoke and get to this episode. No, I don't. I mean, this is where I live now. Where I used to live in Oakland. Oh, my God. I had the most amazing lighting. Um, But, you know, you win some, you lose some. Yeah. Yeah, you want some awesome. God, that was some amazing lighting. I was thinking about it this morning <laughs> alone. I was just like, is there any way I can make this be like Oakland? Totally stop. I, I heard that you moved out of Oakland. Um, where do you stay at now? I live in New York. Oh, wow. Big difference. I'm a New Yorker. So oh, are you from New home. York? Yes, I am. Oh, okay. So that makes... So I'm a New Yorker and I came back for the first time in... 20 well i came back to live for the first time 26 years 26 years did you miss home uh not particularly it was a situation where my i'm from here i'm the oldest person in my family in my generation um my family is mostly in panama my dad had retired back to Panama. My grandmother has dementia and she's in Panama. And so the only person who's really here is my mother and a couple of my father's um, uh, siblings and their children. And the ch- those children, which are my cousins, my first cousins, I'm the oldest one and they kind of are ass backwards. That's the <laughs> So it was one of those situations like you could... Keep living in California and be away from your family, which is getting more ass backwards by the moment. Or you can move to back to New York and capitalize on what's happening in New York. And then maybe you could be a little bit closer to your ass backwards ass family. And then maybe some shit can change. Right. Mm-hmm. Sounds I'll like, you know, a well thought out decision. So. It is, but I hate the cold. So I don't. Mm. I mean, if my family doesn't unass backwards like in this one winter, don't know <laughs> my ass is moving right back to Florida, which is where I lived before I lived in California. Because uh, like, these I winters like are real winters. Mm. I mean, even- I, and I had these ones, and I'm not, and I, that's why I moved away in the first place. And then <laughs> so I moved away. You know, I lived in Miami for 13 years. It was fucking amazing, <laughs> Miami. And they, um, Oakland don't have California. real, yeah, we Oakland don't have real like winter. Temperate. I mean, right now, what we're dealing with right now is like the extent of Oakland winter, which is like high of 50, low of uh, 40. That's so crazy. I don't like those numbers. I am, I don't like to be cold. I also don't like to be hot. 
So life is hard for me because I need to be very much directly in the middle. But I hate being cold. But I mm, would you rather be hot, too hot, or too cold? Oh, I definitely would rather be too hot. I hate being cold. But see, if you wanted to live in the middle, Oakland is pretty much it. Yeah. And see, and I'm so in it's San Jose. Very much so, in the middle. Hmm? Um, I'm in San Jose, so Oakland. Oh, yeah. See, you are exactly. So you're I right. get even less of the cold because yeah. we're a little you, bit more inland. inland. Yeah. You so, definitely are not. I like definitely you. think I'd, I'd rather be cold because it's easier for me to warm up than to cool down. When I'm too hot, I lose all train of thought. Like, I can't think. I can't do anything until my body cools down. That is um uh, very much a sensitivity to to temperature. I yeah. know people like that. Yeah. I started looking it up and just yesterday I was doing a search. Oh, cause I was having an issue. I have my own issue, which is like, I hate being cold. And when I'm having um, an anxious moment, when I'm having anxiety and on the verge of a panic attack or something, I'm freezing. Like no matter what I'm wearing and I'm so mad about it. And um, except if the place, if the air of wherever it is, is hot, I'm not going to be cold. Mm-hmm. So when I was in Miami, no matter what kind of like, issue I was having I was mm-hmm. never ever cold right so I'm doing a search about neurodiversity and te- and temperature regulation and that apparently is a really really big issue hypo hypo and hypersensitivity to to temperature really um, and that's a big big like a, a thing and and the people who get hot it's just like they're like you can't think there's nothing wrong with this shit I mean I like being neuro spicy shit mm-hmm. I don't mind neuro, neuro spicy I yeah, love I that, that online I was like shit I like being neuro spicy I love that I so it's much more interesting it's one of the, these are these are the reasons why I really really truly love doing this is because I always get new information and it's one of those things like huh maybe I'm not so strange oh honey there's there's so like, much power and finding out that you're not that fucking particularly special. Oh, uh, I was like, well, how do I have a DNZ and my mom made it through? And that shit's on silent. Yeah. <laughs> mama gonna it's find you. It's because it's my mother. I was gonna say, mama gonna find you. Hey, mommy, I'm, I'm, I'm in an interview right now. And I, and I made you, like, VIP. So you made it through the do not disturb that we talked <laughs> about. But I also put you but that you can... That Oh, yes, mommy. I'll be there. I didn't, oh, that's probably why I didn't. Okay. Thank you, mommy. Hold on one second. Someone's at no the door. No problem. Gotta love when Santa Claus comes a little early. In my, it's I my know. humidifier for my uh, machine, for my tent. Like, my oh, humidifier. yeah. It better be the humidifier. Shit. I know I got a bunch of stuff coming. Like I got like four or five different packages coming, and I keep getting alerts that oh they're on their way, but yet there's nothing at my door. Oh, that sucks ass. Oh yeah, here's the new humidifier with the timer and a spray. Ooh. So Don't humidifier is super important for your grow because um, you have to keep your plants at a certain temperature humidity. or and, humidity. Uh, new York is mad dry, not as dry as California, but still mad dry, and. It's, it's chilling at fucking 40% humidity up in here. And the plants like it like at 65. So. Oh, man. See, Give even the plants are just as finicky as me <laughs> with temperature. It's well, like, I, mean, I know we're meant to be together. <laughs> do you like to grow things? Um, I love to grow regular plants. And every year I say I'm going to do my own home grow. And then but- I just... 
don't. I get distracted. Yeah. So, but I love regular. I have like a. I don't know if you can. Let's see if I can not mess up things. Nope, it's not gonna let me. Okay, well, maybe nothing. maybe don't. Yeah, these are all. I, my... I can see that there's like a wall, something that's like a whole bunch of plants that are yeah. facing the window. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um. So I love plants, my babies. I got like I think I'm back up to like forty ish now. Mm -hmm. Um. But I think definitely this coming year, 2023, mm -hmm. I'm going to do my own in home grow. I moved here and like I've had to buy weed twice and I am offended. <laughs> so, uh, random question: Are the taxes in New York as bad as California? In terms of what buying huh. weed, we can't buy weed anywhere anyway. Really? Still? Uh -uh. Uh, but I think I just heard that um, they just uh, announced the retail licenses for New York. It did. Yeah. Actually, so retail is the one thing that didn't get announced. A whole bunch of other things got announced. Retail didn't get announced. Oh, really? Yeah. So it announced still... like 32 different type of licenses and retail is the one thing that didn't get announced, which is why um, last week there was an article, I mean, several articles about how New York, um, New York growers have 300,000 pounds of weed or something like that, but nowhere to sell it. Man, that's a real nice surplus to have, but I mean, the money would be nice too. <laughs> Well, I mean, yeah, because all these people like went in on, 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 you know, getting ready farm, for but there's nowhere to sell the weed yet because mm -hmm. the retail licenses aren't, haven't been approved yet, which is supposed to be approved by the end of the year. And well, they're supposed to be open by the end of the year. So, um, and my, one of my closest friends in the cannabis industry is the cannabis czar for New York city and she working her ass off. So. Man. Don't hang out with me. <laughs> Save New York and shit. <laughs> Let her go put on her green cape real quick. <laughs> yeah, she. if you want to interview somebody, I mean, she's kind of busy these days, but she's the person. Her name is Dashita Dawson. Yes, 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 yes. I would love to get her on the, on the podcast. I'm telling you, I was like so nervous to message you. And then I was like... It took me probably about three hours to actually hit send after I wrote out the message. And the, because it's just like, it's that. I'm going to ask you to gas me. I'm trying to figure out like, what's, what's the, what's the, what's going on? What do you think is going to happen? Has someone played you? What the, what's the, no. but so no one has played you. Mm -mm. Imposter syndrome. That's all it is. Is that, that fear of the no, the fear of the, what if they don't respond and all that stuff that you have to get over it and do it anyways. Because you, again, look what happened. I hit that send button and you almost immediately responded back and said, yeah, let's do it. And I was like, oh my God, all that work, three hours of my life wasted for nothing. Okay. My I'm trying to figure God. out why you're, <laughs> why you don't holla at everybody. And do you because know I'm, what- Because I'm a wing butt. Because I'm a huh? weenie butt. That's all it is. Weenie butt? Okay. Yeah. Oh, do you think you have, like, forever? Do you think you have all the time no. in the world? No. Don't worry, though. Well, my, my, this year has been, like, at the top of the year, I set goals for myself. And this year was really about being consistent with the podcast. Um, and I, I have been. So next year is really about growing the podcast. And to grow <laughs> means I have to put my big girl panties on 
and stop being so nervous and scared and, you know, thinking I'm a failure before I even hear a no. So, I, girl, I'm telling you, the things that go on in this head. I, I feel you. I feel you. But how could you even fail at this? I am a perfectionist is probably the best way to say it. But what would be the failure? It not going how I vision it. And what, the the interview not going how you envision it or the whole scope of what you do? In terms of like reaching out to people, the failure would be a no. But I'm working on realizing- That cannot be your failure. You'll be fucked on that shit. Exactly. (laughs) A couple things. Everybody. Do you know why I did your, your, I'm doing your podcast? You're black and- you don't have a negative uh, connotation because I don't associate with anything that's negative because I really care about my name. You're black, you're negative, no negative connotation. I love talking to another black woman. And if one other person hears this that's not already a follower of mine, they're definitely going to be a follower. So it's to my fucking benefit. And if I can say that, and I got to tell you, there are not very many black women in the space who are as visual. If I can say that, believe me, all the other black women want and if they don't then they think it's so small that that it doesn't even fucking matter you know what i'm saying you you need to elevate somebody else mm-hmm. but also there are gonna be people who are gonna say no maybe it doesn't work with their time maybe they don't feel mm-hmm. like your your audience is big enough but that's dumb right it doesn't water down especially for a black woman right on some tip where it's just like we're trying to like elevate all of us mm-hmm not not that we don't like anybody else, but shit, no one is coming for us. So we got to come for us first. Right. Because nobody else is coming for us. Right. Do you okay? know how many, I love that you said that, because do you know how many people are like, oh, why you just leave it at bluntly black girls? Like, what about other minorities? What about other women? What about uh black men? And I'm like, I get that. I hear that. And I'm here for it. But I want a space that is strictly for mm-hmm. us, that strictly celebrates us. Like... I get that there are others out there that also need the help. Uh Uh-oh. But yeah, I'm very glad that you said that because that's exactly why I'm so uh, big about it sticking to be bluntly Black girls. Like, yes, we'll do stuff with other people, obviously, because the goal is to raise us all up. But the people I want to put on my shoulders are Black women. My shit is black and I'm I'm from Panama, so I can't hate on, you know, I can't not include that because I have a particular perspective as an Afro-Latina, but like, I'm a black woman. My family speaks Spanish. Um, I have no issue because, mind you, my shit says black and brown women. Then I'm like, oh, what about the Desi community? I don't know the particularities of what the Desi community is going through. You know, Desi women are Indian women. Okay. Indian. I was gonna say right? I don't even know. And so, especially since I smoke chilla, um, which is from India, and cannabis is so big in India, and da da da. It's just like, what about the Desi women? What about the Southeast Asian women? Do you know how many fucking problems there are right now? I haven't put my hand in the pot, and I'm just touching on the problems that affect people that look like me, and I'm still not touching on all the problems, not mm-hmm. even close. So I don't need to get up in somebody else's situation mm-hmm. because I don't know the complexities of their kind of colorism mm-hmm. i don't i don't like i know i, I might know that yeah woman. being lighter is better than being darker but shit i don't know all the complexities mm-hmm. of it i don't right it's very true you know what is so funny is that I, we haven't even started the introduction here but i love all this real quick because you're just such a wealth of information um, I want to introduce who came to smoke with me today. It is the sure. Duchess. And can I just say, I just realized last night that there is no tea in the Duchess. 
So if y'all go look for her, there is no T in the Duchess. The Dank Duchess, D-U-C-H-E-S-S. Yeah, um, no T in, no T in Duchess. Yeah, but I just go by Duchess. It's imagine, um, believe me, people have right. tried to put the Dank Duchess in a conversation. It does not work. Right. It just sounds. It probably just sounds weird. It's wordy. Yeah. Yeah. And then like you like, where exactly do I put the possessive? It's, it's all coming. <laughs> so I just go by Duchess, you know what I'm saying? I named myself after a dog. I'm totally fine. To, to people ask me that all the time. Where'd you get that name from? I named myself after my neighbor's dog. Are you I, serious? I, I, I used to fight this dog. <laughs> when I live in Miami Beach. Oh man, my Miami days were great. But when I live in Miami Beach, I had a neighbor and he had this um half Rottweiler, half Doberman pincher named Duchess. <laughs> and she was vicious. Vicious. But she loved her daddy. And so she laid next to him. But if you came close to him, if he didn't give the nod, she was ready to kill you. For whatever reason, right off the top, Duchess loved me. And we used to like fight, like physically. She didn't bite me, which was you know, fantastic. So I would have to clock her. I'm from Brooklyn. But she didn't bite me. But we used to, like, really go at it. And I had six cats at the time. And those cats, not one of them wanted to fight. None of them was a fighter. They didn't like to be thrown against. Mm, they didn't like that. But Duchess, we used to get down, right? And then when I moved away, I was in going through Texas. And I literally was like, my name is Duchess now. I love it. I'm vicious. I'm beautiful, not vicious. Right. Watch that. I love that. You know, I love an organic moment that is just like, this fits, this feels right, and Mm -hmm. I'm going to do it. And it very much goes into like what I was talking about before, that imposter syndrome. That is literally the biggest fighter against imposter syndrome is the, you know what? This fits, this feels right, and I'm going to fucking do it. Yes. So you have the ADHD. Sometimes you forget. That's why I see you had a board. You have a board behind you. I have a board right in front of me. I have so so many notes. Girl. I have no lie. I have like five calendars because it's just, it's so ridiculous. I I get distracted so easily and I forget things so easily. So I'm like, no, we need to write everything down. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Oh, and I needed to see, I need to see it. Like, yeah. You can't see it over here, but I have all these things written like walk for 15 minutes. Man. <laughs> Man. It is crazy. One consistent step at a time. I love that. I love that. That's a good one. I may write that down for myself. Because that right, good. right in front of me. And since you mentioned consistency, okay. Do what needs to be done consistently, and the cumulative effort will bring forth everything you want and need. I already know. I have a another whiteboard, a little mini one in front of me that has nothing important on it. Clearing it off, writing that down so I see it every day. I, I love that. Consistent. Because consistent like is a bitch. <laughs> like, I am not good with consistency. Um, I can say the thing. <laughs> but, but I love the results that I get from it. Uh-huh. Uh, so, you know, we just got to keep on pushing, keep on keeping on. So... Uh-huh. I love your energy. Can I just say that? I love, yeah. love, love your energy. And it's like, like I said, I just woke up like maybe an hour ago. So all of this first thing in the morning, like, I feel like I'm going to get so much shit done today just because you didn't already got me hyped up. Um, Let's do it. Yes. So tell us about yourself, uh, Duchess. Uh, how did the dang Duchess become to be? What is your relationship with cannabis? 
Okay, well, I'll start from the end and go backwards. I say, so my full motto is, cannabis flower fuels my power and my niche is hashish. Um, but that wasn't always so cute. I was, I was completely anti-weed. Weed was bad. Really? Bad. Oh yeah, definitely. I had my first smoke um, when I was 23 years old. <laughs> I was already out of college. I had already been hating on drugs for a long time. Um, mm -hmm. I just, my family, I just didn't know anything about cannabis. Of course, we called it weed um, and marijuana. I still call it weed, but uh, we didn't, I didn't know anything about the plant uh, at, at really at all. I had one boyfriend who smoked weed and he was really, really chill. So besides his breath being, mm, you know, I didn't know anything <laughs> about that. But I did know that all I really had to depend on was my brain. I went to all the specialized schools. I went to Howard on scholarship. All I have is my brain because I was really funny looking growing up, right? I had to grow into my own sense of style. and But I had my brain, so I couldn't do anything that would jeopardize it. So I could tell you, like, to this day, I have never even been drunk. Yeah, no, no big deal. Really? Yeah, I've, never been I've never been tipsy, ever. Like, I can't do anything that's going to, like, mess up my brain. <laughs> my brain is Girl. To me. I love yeah, that dedication. Super health eating and everything, and blah blah blah. Right? Then I meet this guy um, back in 2000, and he was awesome, and he was so smart and so insightful, and made me think of things in so many different ways. But then, but he smoked weed. Oh, God, like I, I, you, I just was like on him. How could you be so brilliant and so stupid? <laughs> How could you be so freaking dumb? But you know, and even though I really hammered on him for quite a while, we ended up moving to Miami, and I was just on him. It was when I look back at it, it's just so it was so arrogant and ignorant, which is you know some of the things we see now. But it was so arrogant, and ignorant. Um, and then one day, the weed called. That was it, just like that. A glass, uh, a piece of glass, was on the counter in the kitchen. And something about it was like, just put that in your mouth. Just put that in your mouth. I was compelled to do so, right? So that I, I like yelled to him. I was like, I think I'm going to do it now. This dude <laughs> flew so fast into this room with the fire. He was like, you know what I'm saying? You know? You're going to do it. Oh, my God. For real, for real. After two years of just hammering his ass and I sm took my first puff, which I have to say was a good puff. Right? I took my first puff, exhaled. And I realized I could, I seemed pretty normal. So I was just like, wait, what happened to my brain just frying? I'm like, these people lied. <laughs> I said much worse words than that. But I was like, these people lied. Um, and then I got, I was a math major at Howard. So I am, again, back to the brain, right? So I got like a calculus, uh, I still have some math books, got a calculus question and I did some calculus. And I was like, my brain is still here. I can still do differential equations. What kind of lies are these people telling? And boy, that's kind of funny over there. You know? And <laughs> with the exception of the fact that that first day, that first, after that first time I had the come downs, which, like, I had never had that feeling. So I was like, oh, this is my brain disappearing, like, right now, you know, at that moment. But besides this is that. It. This is what they've been talking about. Oh, my God. This is what they've been talking about, right? Besides that, I was a changed person from that day. Like, literally, that day, I went from not smoking to being a smoker, right? Well, the problem with that is when you're, like, on it like that, it's 
when you're only 23 and whatever, you're just going through all your money. Mm-hmm. So then I didn't have enough weed. And so then we decided to start growing weed just like that within three months. So I went from not smoking to growing weed within three months because <laughs> I, because now I could see all the grades of life. One of the things about being a math major, and I, I let that carry over with all parts of my life, is I was very rigid. I was very much mm-hmm. like, it's this or that. Mm-hmm. I didn't see anything in the middle, like ever. I'm not uh, in the middle. I'm still not. I can see. I might not go with the middle, but I can mm-hmm. at least see, see the it. middle, right? Um, and cannabis, I felt so amazed. I also felt a little bit sad. I um, mean, I've gotten over that, but I felt a little bit sad because I felt like, wow, I missed out on a lot of different ways of experiencing life, even up to, you know, you know, people who smoke a little bit in high school or even college, but I was just so adamant and so straight, straight laced with that. It was, I felt like I had missed out on stuff, but I caught up with that because I became, I started growing a lot of bad bead. But you know what? When you grow bad weed, but you can smoke your own bad weed, it's great. And so for 10 years, well, I didn't grow bad weed for 10 years. For like a good three years, did grow bad weed because we lived in Florida and having a joint. I mean, still right now, you can get arrested for possession in 2022 for having mm-hmm. a joint in Florida if you don't mm-hmm. have a medical card. Yep. You most definitely can get arrested right now. I was just in Florida two weeks ago and I was I stepped out of the hotel and I was like, this is some bullshit. Right. This is this is not the way that I want to commune with this plant where I'm still looking side to side, mm-hmm. see if any, you know, if I need to go in the cut to see if anyone could smell. That's that's not a that's not a good set and setting for cannabis in any case. Um, so I was growing really bad weed because because you couldn't talk to people. You see how we're having this conversation? There's a freedom here that we don't even realize the privilege we have, just even though we're not right in the same room, but the fact that we could have this communication, right? In Florida, I didn't really want to go online because I was afraid of my fo- my my internet being traced or whatever mm-hmm. by going to a website. So I pretty much focused on magazines. <clears throat> magazines, High Times, Heads, Skunk, those were the magazines that I read religiously to be able to do as, you know, anything. And so after about like my third or fourth harvest, then I started growing much, much better weed, right? And that was great. That went for about 10 years. The problem is that I lived in Miami and I don't know if you know anything about Miami, but the way they portray it on TV in terms of being obsessed with Coke is very true. (laughs) The city runs on cocaine. And I just told you I have never been tipsy, so you know that the, it's not really my thing. Not right. at all. And um, I've, I found myself being very lonely in Miami Beach because you'd have groups of friends or something, and you want to go have a smoke, and people are like, I, I don't do that. And it's like, girl, you got powder on your nose right now. Right. Shut up. Right. Like, my nose is dirty. No, I don't do weed. That's drugs. I know, right? <laughs> right. And I was feeling really. I was. I lived a life where everybody in my life knew me as, you know, my name, just knew me. And I, I was involved with Congress people, you know, with, with sorority life, civic life and whatever. And then four or five people knew that I smoked weed. And that dichotomy of like, that was I driving me Two different people. I was literally two complete different people, whereas like my, I wasn't even able to be as into my other life as I could be because I couldn't let you get too close because you might find out that I grow Mm -hmm. weed and that's the fastest way to get caught. 
Someone mm-hmm. finding out and just happened to be mentioning to somebody. And I always lived right by the cops. When I lived in my first apartment, I lived in J105. The cop lived in J106. And he yeah. was officer friendly. Dude yeah. wanted to like chill and drink beer and <laughs> chill in the backyard because our backyards were connected. You know, we lived on a lake and he just wanted to just be all. And I was just be like, yeah, get out of my face. Right. <laughs> Then when I moved to actual, so I lived, that's when I lived in like Western part of Miami. When I lived in Miami Beach, I lived down the block from the police station. So every time they would come home, I was like, today's the day. Today's the day. <laughs> they are coming to the door. They're right gonna- that shit was bad. And then I moved a little bit closer to the actual beach. And it was still, I mean, Miami Beach is only so, so big. And still the, the cops, it was just, it was driving me crazy. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It was literally making me feel I was going crazy. I had become a hermit. You know, I'm just, just I'm dealing with the plants. I'm dealing with something with cannabis, but I, I can't really be dealing with anybody else because then they might find out. And I couldn't live like that. So in 2014, um, I decided to move to California. And that happened after two major events, which let you know that, like, Sometimes you see how things set up for you. So what happened was in 2012, uh, Colorado and Washington legalized, right? In 2013, they had the weed, um, they had the High Times Cannabis Cup, the first legal High Times Cannabis Cup. So not medical, but legal. And it was in, in Denver. Boom. Got some VIP tickets. Was going out to Denver. Let me explain, experience this. So in Miami, I had never smoked with more than 10 people. Never. That was like the, the top that I had ever smoked, right? Get to Denver, 80,000 people over that weekend. In oh my Denver. gosh. I mean, like, there was weed everywhere. And I was like, what kind of life am I living? I'm, now, mind you, privileging it. I'm living in South Beach, and it's fantastic. But I'm like, what kind of life am I living if these people can have cannabis, like, all the time? But went back to Miami just hating the beach. I hate all you people. You right. Know, right. <laughs> I, I just want to smoke. A couple months later, it's now Seattle's Cannabis Cup. Get out there, 50,000 people. And again, Sweet and this and that. I'm like, my, I'm I'm doing something wrong in my life because mm-hmm. I can't live in this paradise that so many people want to live in. But I'm so unhappy. Um, and I decided to go to Amsterdam. Mad props uh, to Amsterdam. I went to Amsterdam in December of 2013. Now I had already been growing for 10 years, so you know I was valedictorian because <laughs> you know, yeah. right. But the situation was, I didn't know if you needed to, to have some kind of certification or some certificate to be able to like work within the cannabis industry. I don't know. Like I know that I know how to grow weed, but I don't know like what else is necessary. So I went to Amsterdam. While we were at Amsterdam, we called this company that like we had been just hammering with phone calls, but turns out they thought we were the DEA and we want to intern at, to have an internship at their CO2 facility in Seattle, uh, and they finally relent. So the first concentrates I ever made was CO2. CO2 was the very first type of concentrates, um, and I did that for two weeks, right? Just like hearing the noise, and and although the noise drove me crazy, <laughs> I've never been around so much weed. Top nine, eleven pounds. I remember mm-hmm. the day that they delivered eleven pounds for me to process. I was like, <laughs> right? There's eleven pounds of weed in one place. Oh my god. You know, and um, I'll get to work with 
that exactly right so went back to Miami and I was just like I we just need to change our life I, I just I can't live here anymore and we made a decision to move to Oakland because Oakland had allowed the most amount of weed so I went from being in a fairly small closet situation to Oakland allows for I don't know they still I don't know. It's Oakland. So, you know, yeah. Oakland's going to do whatever it wants to do, right? But when Measure Z was official, official, that's when you could have 72 plants per person indoors, 20 plants per person outdoors. <clears throat> I, I didn't realize it. it was that much. Yes. I mean, I it knew you could. I read it on all, like, I read it on Oakland's website, not like on the people who, like, oh, you can get that, like, 99 plant license, which is some BS in the first place. You doing 99 plants. You're going to get in trouble, but especially, you know what I'm saying? You you know what I'm talking about when you go to... I see the things on on the news and they come down and you see all the plants and I just be so sad. I'm like, just why? I know, I know. I'd be so sad. Girl... But Oakland was allowing, uh, Oakland has its lowest priority and was allowing the most. So we moved to Oakland and that was great because I just feel like, I'm sorry, you might have to like edit this. But um, what what happened after that is I met Frenchie Cannoli and I don't know if you know who Frenchie Cannoli is, but um, he was OG, triple OG of hash making. He was one of the Mm -hmm. most beloved hash makers in the world. Uh, I met him. I met him at the High Times Cup. Um, in Santa Rosa, and I was introduced to hash for the very first time. So whereas, not even the first time, I had had little pieces of hash, but I didn't know anything about it. But whereas I was big into flour and had gotten really big into taking dabs because concentrates had had made it over to uh, to Florida, um, you know, in terms of BHO, that's butane hash oil, I ran into this booth that was just covered in, you know, so many people and everybody was clamoring to get to the front and I made my way to the front and I was very disappointed to, to run into a whole bunch of chocolate. I was just like, what? Chocolate. I don't even like chocolate. This is so stupid. (laughs) That's not what I expected. (laughs) What are you saying? Just fussing at, just fussing (laughs) at the world. You know what I mean? Stupid chocolate. (laughs) This is not chocolate. This is hashish. I said, well, can you dab it? <laughs> but of course. Oh, okay. Little weird French guy. Come on. <laughs> I took a dab, took a picture with a little French guy and kept about my business, right? Then uh, about a month later, I went to another conference. By the way, I get all my props at conferences. I believe in going to conferences. I was like, I'm going to have to start going was at another conference and I was a little bit down in my feelings because uh, I'd been trying to get a job in Cal. So, you know, I'm living in California at this time. I'm trying to get a job, but my previous, my resume, so to speak, did not, no one was really trying to like get me with that. Cause what happened was when I was in Miami, my husband and I owned a massage company, a super high end massage company. And we had like all these super high end clients. I mean, my my husband himself had massaged Beyonce. Yeah, 2008. And you know, they were like, you're not going to stay here. I was like, no, 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 I'm going to 
gonna say it. I'm gonna say it. Just give me a chance, you know? Because I felt like it's necessary to be able to understand cannabis on every single level. So I was trying to come in as a bud tender. I was like, mm -hmm. you know what I'm saying? I'll take this ridiculous amount of money that won't even pay anything, mm -hmm. and I'll just go through all my savings. But no one was trying to help me, you know? And I felt like I was getting played by all these younger people. So the, when oh, I saw you're this too qualified problem, you're over. Yeah, they, they basically told me they, they're like, oh, you're just way over qualified. I was like, I'm trying to get any kind of job. Right. And, I'm telling you that I you want this. I, exactly. <laughs> I'm trying to. And then, but you know, the universe will redirect. Redirect. Yes. Every yes. rejection is a redirection. Yes. So keep that in mind about your show. Every I knew that was coming. I knew that <laughs> as soon as you said, I was like, she gonna, she gonna bring us back to what I was saying. They're gonna let you know. Girl, so <laughs> I, if it makes you feel any better, whenever I'm doing these things, I'm talking to myself too. Because mm -hmm. no, if I have to have a little here. up here that's telling me to be consistent as hell, believe me, I'm talking to myself. So I saw him and I, I, this is, this is, now I have been seeing people use this, but not enough. This was it. I asked him for coffee. Mm -hmm. Coffee. That's it. Asked him for coffee. It's not as long as a lunch or anything like that. I asked him if I could have some coffee with him, and that started like my career in 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 cannabis in California and my professional career. Because what happened was we had a really good rapport. It turns out we had done a lot of similar things in the '90s. We were both web designers in the '90s. Then he went on to do um, uh, women's fashion design specifically purses in Japan. I went to grad school for landscape design, landscape architecture. And um, so, we, you know, we had all this thing about aesthetics and such like that. And he asked me if I would write for Weed World Magazine about hashish. Now, mind you, I told you when I started growing, the only thing I could depend on was magazines and whatever kind of articles came out. Because, like, you can't trace it. I went to Barnes & Noble and I bought this with cash. I mean, mm -hmm. I was like that with cash and then I'm like reading and pouring over it so the opportunity to write for Weed World Magazine when I had been collecting Weed World Magazine for years was like oh yes I'm definitely going to do that I didn't know anything about hash I didn't know anything about hash but I felt like my amazing writing skills was going to work it out dude was like mm, in order to write about hash with any authority I needed to learn how to make hash I didn't really want to learn how to make hash that was like not interesting to me but that's what you know the opportunity required and so in September 2014, I made hash for the first time in Frenchie's basement. And I was like, oh, yeah, this is what I do. And the week later, after it was dried and then we pressed it in his style, I was just like, oh, there's no time in my life that I won't be making hash. There's no time in my life. And so that's all. That, that's literally what happened. I happened to meet this guy. He introduced me to Hash, asked him the coffee. He liked how I conversed. He, he was like, okay, you're going to write for Weed World Magazine. Oh, yes. And so what was blessed about that situation is that for the course of five years, I got to learn all the tips and techniques of all types of hash makers because I wrote about their hash. I didn't write about it like the way you see reviews. I would get two grams of their hash and then go on an adventure. I've been on all kinds of adventures with people's hash. And then I would write about that experience, about the, the adventure I went on and how the hash was and how it made me feel and blah, 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 blah. Within <laughs> all of that, I bless you. Because I was a hash maker myself, you know, I understand these different techniques. And whenever I found something that was like a better approach, then I just substituted that out of my, you know, technique and added that. And so at this point, 
the Dutch touch, which is what I consider the way I make hash, is all an amalgamation of all different types of hash makers that I've been blessed to write about, blessed to know. And so it's a unique approach to hash making. So again, cannabis flower fuels my power because I'm a grower and I grow, 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 grow. I have had the opportunity to grow outdoors since Oakland allowed that um, on my roof for three years, two of the years especially fantastic. Um, 59 plants in 2016 and 40 plants in 2017. And some of those plants reached well over six feet. I think my Panama red cross with dark desire was almost seven feet, you know? That's and crazy. Yeah, like a lot of coverage. And it was a different approach to growing. And, you know, what I had was a rooftop, you know, and I had seeds and I had plants and I had the desire. And growing outdoors was the thing. Then my landlord threatened to evict me. So then I had to go back indoors. And I am now still an indoor grower. I still, you know, I wish I could grow outdoors um, because there's nothing like interacting with the sun and the plants. Mm -hmm. But... I just need to grow plants no matter what. So mm-hmm. I'm growing indoors. You're going to find a All these years as well. No yeah, matter she what. Gonna you know find I started indoors. Huh? What did you I say? say yeah, she's going to find a way. Oh, yeah. I'm going to find a way. You know what I'm saying? I am going to find a way because I, I like have to grow. You know, I notice. I'm like, because I think this is your next thing in the, in the outline. But just to let you know, like, when I don't grow, I'm not, I'm not good. Mm-hmm. I'm like not good. Mm-hmm. I'm not good. I'm not ashamed to to say that I <clears throat> girl, if I get all emotional right now, that'd be something not right. <laughs> I'm not ashamed to say that like I am always dealing with uh keeping my mental health on the on the good foot. On the mm-hmm. good foot. It's a constant I'm really battle. Prone to be morose, huh? Yeah, it's a constant battle. For me it is. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty prone to be morose. And so um, I've come to realize that like just just the growing of the cannabis, as much as I'd love to smoke it for sure, but the growing of the cannabis itself is just a vital component to like my mind working. I don't grow somehow. It's just not good. I, I love that. I don't think, um, and you know, possibly because I haven't talked to any like real growers or anything, but I don't think anybody's put their relationship into cannabis in terms of not consuming the plant, but just growing it gives you a mental health break, mm-hmm. gives you stimulation, oh, yeah. gives you, you know, whatever you need in that moment. And I just think mm-hmm. it's just one more beautiful way that this amazing plant supports us. And, For sure. and you're not even ingesting it. And mm-hmm. that's just, oh, I love that. I love that. It makes me, okay, I am absolutely going to grow this year, this coming year, because now I want to experience that moment. I mean, it's, girl, look, I have... <laughs> Wait, today's the 28th. Oh, the book. So I contributed to a book that is coming out today, which is How Psychedelics Can Save the World. And my particular chapter is about, I'm the one person that didn't write about uh, psychedelics per se, but I wrote about growing cannabis, about how growing cannabis can change the world by changing us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I'm it's literally sad. all about how I completely ruined this one garden um, by allowing the temps to go all the way to 113 degrees, killing just about everything. It was just like so devastating. But all of the things that you learn about, about being in the moment, about being in the flow, about the ebb and flow of life and all that. So the book comes out today. Oh, I probably should post about that. Yes. Um, and we'll make sure to include, you'll have to send me a link so I can include it in sure. the show notes. So that our listeners can just go ahead and click. Because I 
believe anything that you say about grind. Really, I believe anything you say about cannabis, hashish, any of that, because I know you've done the work. You've. Been- oh, I mean, <laughs> I have. I've screwed up quite a bit. I've screwed up enough to but know. You know, our of our mess ups teach us more than the successes, right? Like sure. teaches you what not to do. I think the and this is what I was saying before. I'm what I'm. I'm really trying to work on in terms of my mental health and the imposter syndrome is learning that the uh, successes are there to make you feel rewarded and make you feel good and what you've accomplished. But the um, the failures are there to teach you something. And that's mm-hmm. just as valuable as feeling good and accomplished and like you're you're making your goals. Because without learning along the way, how do you get to that success, right? How do you mm-hmm. learn to get there unless you fail? Mm-hmm. And it sounds good. It sounds great. I know it intellectually, but feeling it is a completely different story for me. Oh, girl. So, <laughs> right. I mean, right now you're just reminding me of some stuff that I'm like, right. Get on top of it. So, speaking of that, like you said, I do always want to check in with my guests and see how your mental health is doing, how you've been uh, this recently. Mm hmm. I well, I'm gonna have to say, I, I told you this, this. This is probably my last winter. <laughs> um, I I need a lot of sun, and so I have not been feeling the absolute best. Um, I am affected by seasonal affective disorder, which is why going um skateboarding for hours this morning was great. So I came back from that just feeling like enthused. I was enthused about this interview. I definitely was, but. I definitely pushed it. The amount of time I was at the water, I was like, girl, you need to get back. I was like, but look at the ocean, but you need to get back. I was even thinking, can I do this interview? And I was like, she said, go somewhere quiet. This is like, (laughs) I was feeling it, honey. I'm telling you, I was out there two hours. I didn't see 10 people. In New York, if you could be anywhere and don't see 10 people, you were, okay. The beach was there for me. But I was happy. Um, I have to say that my uh, particular mentals have been ticking upwards or steady and ticking upwards. It's the end of the year. There's a lot of things coming to a close. My birthday is New Year's. So that's always its own like, did you make it this year? It is an awesome birthday. But when you have like some anxiety issues, it's like, but did you make it this year? You know what I'm saying? It's the beginning of the year. Every, you know, everything's starting over right now. Wait a second. You're a New Year's baby and you've never been drunk. No. That is insane. No, the close. I mean, I haven't even been tipsy, but I can say when I turned twenty-one, um, I was with my then uh, boyfriend, and I had two sips of cask and cream. Wow, it tastes a little bit like ice cream, but alcohol is disgusting. That's probably also the situation. Now, now I say that. No, no, no. I've had all. The- I've tasted all the alcohols. I actually met my husband in bartending school. See. I mean, I drink, but I like to party. And I know <laughs> if I, I've always wanted to be able to do whatever I can do all over the world. So I don't like this idea of just being stuck being one person, which is why I am who I am now, right? So even when I was 21, I was like, I, people love to party. I love to party. I can make money while people party. So I went to bartending school. And on the last day of the bartending school, my, who became my boyfriend and my husband, he um he was in another class and he switched in and, you know, our relationship took on from there. But I know everything about every kind of flavor and alcohol is disgusting. That's why. You want to make me happy? 
You want to make me happy? You have the pineapple juice. Have <laughs> the pineapple juice. What? Man, I, yeah. that is that is crazy. <laughs> like pineapple juice. But, oh but I do. I will say that I don't like the taste of alcohol. Um, I just get around it because I like the effect, right? Until you like. Ah, okay. So that's you, that you, you want for the effect. See, yeah. Girl, there gotta be some weed that makes you feel better than some alcohol, because at least you're not gonna get hungover. That's why I smoke. I See? smoke. I like once I started this podcast, my alcohol intake declined vastly See? because I'm like I can get that same kind of feeling. And not the throw up and like want to die afterwards, or kill your liver or your right. heart and right. shrink your brain. Bad for your skin. Just like I, it, in this, China. I can still focus. I can still get shit done when I'm drunk. I, that's it. <laughs> There's nothing else happening. Oh, girl. Mm. See, none of that appeals to me. My, my yeah. control, my overly controlled self. None of that appeals. So it doesn't taste good. Ooh, the idea of being sick is terrifying. And and. And there's weed. So right. there's, yeah. you know, and, and, and there's weed. All good and Especially, reason. you know, when you come to find the weed that is perfect for you, mm-hmm. then that's like, that's key. Yes. Like right now, I'm smoking an entry from a cup. Um, I'm judging a cup, the New York Growers Cup. And I happen to know what the entry is. And it happens to be my favorite strain. So, what's your name? Super Silver Ace is my okay. favorite strain. I was going to say, my next thing is running down what we're smoking today. And Super Silver Haze is a very good strain. It's mm-hmm. I wouldn't say it's my favorite, but it is um, something like, if I know what I'm, I need to focus, I know that'll work. But it also, it's a little harsh on my lungs. I have what I call baby lungs. Uh, and yeah. it's a little, so I cough a lot. You need uh, to smoke period. You need to smoke I with me. I like that little thing. I will teach you. What is that? This is a chillum, baby. Oh my gosh! I see. I was watching your videos last night, and I was like, "What is that thing?" Oh, this is a chillum. I have a very large collection of chillum. This is a chillum um, made by Cayo, uh, an Italian chillum maker. So the chillum is a pipe that uh, originally from India. It doesn't mm-hmm. look exactly like this, but the idea is to have a conical pipe with a an insert, which helps direct uh, the flow of the air. The insert is called a chillum stone. It's about this big. Mm-hmm. So the bowl is only this big. The bowl is only this big. And uh, the purpose of smoking chillum is you can get large, large volumes of smoke. Um, and if you smoke it properly, you don't have to do any of that coughing. And the experience of smoking chillum in a group is so grounding and such a beautiful community ceremony. That's why I have a service called Chillin' with the Chillum. I'm saying mm-hmm. I come through to you and I'll show you and your guests how you can have a good time, a good smoke. So I'm about to smoke this chillum. And right now, like I said, it's only this this much packed, just about a half an inch, mm-hmm. maybe three uh five-eighths of an inch. And it has a layer of flour, then hash, and then flour. And the reason why um, it's sandwiched like that is because hash, especially good quality hash, does not hold fire very well. If you understand what hash is, very briefly, hash is, as a hash maker, my job is to collect the trichomes off a plant. The trichomes are 
the resin on the plant and resin is what we would say is all the sticky sticky the sticky icky that's resin which is trichomes and my job as a hash maker is to collect those trichomes as cleanly as possible without any plant particulate getting in it so if it's as cleanly as possible then it's mostly oil and not anything with any carbon in it therefore when you light it on fire it doesn't catch fire very well so when i sandwich it as flour which is of course carbon then hash and then flour i am allowing the fire to encompass the hash and therefore the hash itself is not what is holding the fire but rather it's the flour so this is a smoking of flour and hash at the same time this is from, <laughs> probably yeah. Sorry, it probably no. gives a really good burn, like because it's on the top and bottom for the hash. Oh, that's exactly. Yeah. Do, 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 do. Like okay. nice and even and everything. Yes. Yeah. So this is um, it's from India, right? And sometimes people are like, oh, I've never seen anything like this. You've actually seen it if you've seen pictures of. Uh, holy Hindu men, like they're called Saidus. You often see them in pictures where they are covered in white paint and they have dreadlocks and they have them piled on top of their head and they're holding their hands like this. They're smoking chillum. And they're smoking chillum in reverence to Shiva. Shiva is one of the Hindu gods and Shiva rules over cannabis, right? So when you're going to smoke uh Chillum, you give reverence to Shiva and you also wake Shiva up, who's always, he's perpetually half sleeping. So you, the way you do that, you say, boom, Shiva, or boom, Shankar. And um, within the Chillum culture, you will see, uh, like I, when I post pictures on Instagram and I'm smoking Chillum, whatever, random people will just write boom underneath it. Like they're part of the circle, you know what I'm saying? They understand that. So we're all waking Shiva up for this great gesture. And I, lo I just love Chillum. I got into Chillum when I, in Barcelona, at this club called La Calada. This is an Italian club. And uh, a lot of nice Chillum makers happen to be Italians because Italian clay makes for really, really smooth burn. Um, so like Daniele or Alverman, this is a Cayo. And I was in this club and they were smoking Chillum and I wanted to know how to do that. And again, I'm one of these people like, once you introduce me to something, if I like it, boom, that's what I'm doing, right? Mm -hmm. And so the first time they introduced it to me, I was like, oh, I'm all about this Chillum. And it's my favorite way to smoke. That is so. I'm gonna like make sure to light the entire thing and let's see the smoke that comes off of this baby. <laughs> oh wow! Oh wow! It's not all the way lit. See, it's really important that it's all the way lit. This is some beeswax. Hold on. That's crazy. Oh, my gosh. Now. So what's that little thingy on the bottom that you're holding? Oh, there? this is actually a Safi. Safi is a piece of material that stays on the bottom here to make sure that any resin or any little piece of weed don't get inhaled by you. That shit's not okay. that great. So it's like a filter. Yeah. It acts as okay. a filter, right? Mm, so... When you smoke chillum well, right? The sheer volume of the smoke and the use of cool air to push the smoke down makes this wonderful blossoming feeling from your chest. Not like the burning feeling you sometimes when you dab something too hot. Mm -hmm. This is like 
a blossoming like an opening of a lotus right here and then up here because of the hash it comes up the nose bridge and across oh my gosh frenchy yeah sounds like a wonderful high huh it sounds like a wonderful high oh baby it is yeah it's <laughs> like a, a, an experience like it oh, is a whole experience like right now, I'm like feeling so chest. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I love that so much. Okay, so now, you know, I keep saying that I'd never want to go to New York, but ooh, but maybe I can go when you're in Florida. <laughs> what is that all about? Uh-uh, too many people. Um mm -hmm. she left me partially because of the too many people. There's too many people. Too many people. Even San Francisco makes me like, I do not like San Francisco. Because again, not too many people. And also, they just be walking in the street like in a battle between my car and your body. My car is going to win. So why right. are you throwing yourself in front of my car? Oh, girl, because San Francisco takes all advantage of the pedestrian law. Oh, That's what I'm about California. The pedestrian law, you know for a fact, if a pedestrian is in the street, they it's have the right away. It's your fault. Even if they just talk no matter what in there, yeah. and you were already going, and it drives me crazy. My anxiety goes to absolutely one thousand, and so I just, I just really avoid San Francisco as much as possible, <laughs> to be honest with you. And um, yeah, it's not, a, it's not a fun place for me, nah. But anyways, how did we get here? Oh, but yes, I. The last few people I've talked to have been in New York. And I'm like, I really don't want to go to this place because of all the people. But like the people that I'm meeting, I'm like, I really want to smoke with. So I'm like, fuck, do I have to go to New York now? No, you need, are you going to Emerald Cup? No. Girl, how are you not going to Emerald Cup? You live in California. Nobody in California should not go to Emerald any Cup. Any conference, any cannabis g gathering. But again, Wait, I, still, I because you know, I'm a homebody. I'd be, I'd be like in my bubble, but I'm trying to get out of my bubble. When is Emerald Cup? Because you're actually the second person who's asked me that in like two December months. 10th and 11th. Oh, see, I, I won't like be I here. need to get to know more of these, these bubble people. Mind you, I have myself. Okay. <laughs> no, wait, wait, wait. I say that as a person who has legit, I mean, it was years ago. I was going through a real bad place. I didn't leave my house for 14 months. Because mm -hmm. I... I could live my whole life through the computer. Everything mm -hmm. I did was computer-based. So I didn't leave my house for 14 months. I had a real situation. A real, like, situation. And it makes you just shut down. Well, that, and the longer that you are in the bubble, the harder it is to get out the bubble. Absolutely. <laughs> That's a kind of fucked up situation. It's one of them situations like, ooh, that is pretty hot, but it's going to get hotter, so just run in the other direction. Right. It's only going to get hotter if you stay there. Right. And so as hard as now, it is we get now is the time where I'm finally like trying to run in the other direction. So oh, that's good. Yeah. So I mean, I'm I'm getting better than I was, but uh, that's what 2023 is about: is like really getting out there, going to these things, you know, building the brand, but building the community. That's more important to me than anything is building the community that I'm trying to build here and like really like having sister smoke sessions and like being involved and you know 
making it known that it's okay to smoke weed and you can still be amazing and great and there's like your 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 brain is not going to slip out of your ears if you smoke you know um so but december i will be going to reno uh with my parents so yeah so that i won't be able to go but 2023 there will be conferences that jasmine is at absolutely i'm gonna be terrified but i'm gonna do it anyway how about this? If I happen to be at said conference, tell me you're gonna be there. Yeah, I'm, I'm gonna tell you that, that you know you're gonna end up being introduced to a million people because yes. that's just how my life is. But I'll look out for you. Yeah, <laughs> and see, and that makes me feel better because that's I'm not one of those people. I like to be alone, but I don't like to be alone in public. I see you are about to hit that again. Before you do, I want to get into our high affirmation so that you. Or is it better to to do your? No, I have the same or, affirmation, babe. Mm-mm. You it's have the same affirmation, which is today is a great day to be awesome. I love That's that. It. So simple. Today is so a great sim- day to be awesome. Sometimes like, someday I'll be awesome. When this happens, nah, today's a great day to be awesome. Mm-hmm. And that's about being awesome to yourself, which will translate to being awesome in general. So we are often awful <laughs> to ourselves. We yeah. say awful things to ourselves. We allow our ourselves to treat ourselves badly in ways that we might like pop off if somebody else treated us that Mm -hmm. way but the way we sometimes we break promise with ourselves let's just be honest when we're talking about stuff like consistency when we say we're going to do stuff but then we do not do that breaking a promise make ourselves feel great right you know so today's a great day to be awesome and today's a great day to shine that imposter syndrome you were just talking about like that in itself is you know that whole thing of a who am I not to? Who am mm-hmm. I not to shine? My friend Tali keeps reminding me about that. We think like, oh, I need to be better in order to get, in order to be at this level. You know what I'm saying? They they only like me because of this or they're going to see for real that I'm just, that's like A, bullshit. Because let's just be honest. How much of the time do you spend thinking about anybody else's life? You don't. Mm-hmm. You're like pretty obsessed with yours, right? Mm-hmm. And, <laughs> and B, how many times you've met people who, for whatever reason, you assumed that their grasp on life or how it goes was just, you know, maybe it's based on their age or what you've seen, like their life experience, whatever, whatever. And then you got to know them and it's not like that they were dumb or something, but they're just dealing with the same regular struggles that you're dealing with, mm-hmm. like regular struggles. Mm-hmm. But when we had that uh, massage company on South Beach, it didn't matter how famous you were, how much money. I mean, when I say the same, same issues, I'm like, for for real, this is what I would have thought you had different kind of issues, right? You deal with this too. Same kind of damn issues. You're like, oh, okay. So, is it? Do you think it's more? Uh, is it better to inhale? The cannabis and say your affirmation or like is it like what is your process with because what i noticed um when i was watching your videos especially with the chillum is that it's a very spiritual and personal experience for you and so like is there a process that like you go through to well, you just like gave me a whole process because that was not my process at all but i think i am gonna and it was right at two 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 i'm gonna <laughs> puff and think about my affirmation as i'm going i literally you and that's my new process okay <laughs> so, I love it. 
So let's go ahead. Yo, that's so good. You know, you inhaling. I mean, I need to do a little bit more studying of some yoga and and power breathing. But we're gonna inhale right up into this pineal gland right here. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, Yes, mm -hmm. that's a girl. (laughs) Let me take a little puff to that. (laughs) That's such a good idea. And um, so I love that that your affirmation. And then my affirmation, and actually, um, I forgot, I moved on so fast. Um, I am smoking a Baby Jeter. Jeter, Baby Jeters are like one of my favorite brands. This is Apples and Bananas, uh, which is a strain that one of my listeners told me about. Sister Brown, I think is her name. And I was like, okay, I'm going to listen. And I'm very glad I listened. It's a nice, even high. Like, I'm not super super focused in like some of my other sativas get me but i'm also not asleep it's just like i feel like me and and that's kind of what i really loved about it it doesn't even give me that that heady high i just feel Mm -hmm. really good oh that sounds like that sounds like a microdose really oh i did not microdose no i don't even know what that is i'll be honest with you um and then i forgot i took a lost farms gummy earlier it was mimosa Mm -hmm. so maybe maybe that's kicking in a little bit but uh, yeah i feel very just even and like hey i'm high and alive (laughs) yes that's exactly what a microdose feels like yeah um uh, microdosing of mushrooms psilocybin you see mushrooms yes and see that we're gonna have to talk about mushrooms mushrooms too um because that's a not like another time but because Mm -hmm. that's a whole nother experience that i want to have and like experience Real quick, um, my high blessing is also very simple, I think. Um, It is what and who is for me is for me and will find me. I am not a patient person. (laughs) Are you an Aries? Leo. Oh. (laughs) And um, I tell people all the time, patience is not a virtue that I possess, but I am working on it. And... uh, I've been finding myself going through these ebbs and flows of like, really like, oh my God, when is this going to happen? And not even in in variation to a bunch of different things, like literally different spots in my my life. And um, I finally, this morning I woke up and I was like, you're doing it again. You're doing it again. You just need to breathe, trust, have faith that things are going to work out how they're supposed to and in your favor. And this is my purpose. This is what I'm meant to do. I know that. I just need to feel it. And when I feel it is when I no longer have those anxiety moments of, oh, my God, when is this going to happen? And, oh, my God, is this doing, am I doing this right? So really repeating that to myself, like, what and who is for me is for me, and it will find me. Like, it's not an if or when. Well, it is a when, but it's not an if. It's a when. Mm-hmm. And so you just got to, you know, be patient for that when. Oh, I like that. Be patient for that win. Like, like win, like W H E N or the W I E W W I N. That's kind of it. That's that's us. Mm. Right. <laughs> I like that. Be but patient yeah. for that win. Be patient for that win. Yes. 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 Because again, patience is hard. Like, I am an instant gratification person. I want it now. And that's not how the universe works, unfortunately. Well, actually, not even unfortunately. Except sometimes it does. And then it's like, wait, what? 
Right. And I was, I was going to say, not even unfortunately, because I think everything happens when it's supposed to. And so mm-hmm. if, if we were given everything instantly, like imagine how many things we wouldn't get that we were supposed to, like there, what were you saying earlier? And it was, Oh, now I can't remember. Cause I'm high. Um, <laughs> but you were saying earlier, like how you didn't do something. Oh, the hashes. You said you didn't want to do that. That wasn't that wasn't what you were going for, but that's what brought you. That's what you were presented with in the moment, and you went for it. And look where you are now. Look where it's brought. Oh, yeah, hundred percent. Lord have mercy. And so, just imagine if in that moment you were given what you actually wanted in that moment, where would you be now? And not to say that you would be anything less or anything. It would just be no. Something. I would definitely be darling. Right. I exactly. give all. It would be great. The, it would. I'd it be would great in whatever, but different. like. For how I feel about Hash, being taught by Frenchie, mm-hmm. being his first student, getting the opportunities that I got after that because of my like persistence mm-hmm. and in a way pedigree, girl. Right, and and being able to to say, okay, let's try something different than what I thought. Exactly, that um has taken me literally all over the world. Yeah, like, all. All over the world, like to places you oh, would have never okay. imagined before, and and that's the thing that I'm I'm really like my dreams are big, but I know my reality is going to be even bigger. Oh, girl, girl, my my dreams are big, and my reality just keeps proving itself to be bigger. And mm-hmm. then I'm just like, oh, I'm gonna have to dream some bigger dreams, right? <laughs> right. You know what I'm yeah. Because look last month. <laughs> Last month I was in the Andes and I was like, "The Andes are those now Andes?" <laughs> I was like, "I was in the Andes, smoking weed. I was smoking weed in the Andes." Are those the mountains? Andes. Like where? Where are Andes? I know Andes In Colombia, I was in Colombia. Oh, in Colombia, I was gonna say Swiss. Oh, that is beautiful. Oh, that's the Alps or the oh. Pyrenees. I I was in um yeah I was in Colombia. I was there um. Is it legalized in, in Colombia? Huh? Is it is weed legalized? It's in a medical in in Colombia. Okay, I've each, always said I want to. Oh yes, darling, Colombia is looking like a play for real. Each house can grow twenty plants. Oh wow! And Just it's even more 12. reason to add to. I said my but, next trip is going to be international. I don't know where yet, but it's going to be international, and maybe it will be Colombia. <laughs> Make sure you go to a weed place. Like it's really yeah. Oh no, for sure. Because I went the last place I went was Hawaii, and I had my pen, so it wasn't like I was without. But I really wanted to just go sit and smoke on a beach somewhere, or like even be on a balcony and smoke. But no, because it's legal. It's illegal there. It's not even medicinal there. In Hawaii, no, Hawaii is definitely medicinal. Okay, well then, you know, there's that. But it's not recreational. And they don't have always everyone does not have the same thought. Like, right. It's not it's not so progressive. Right. And so I'm like this it was like it was a great experience. I had a good amazing time. But I just know that could I have included my cannabis in the experience, it would have been even better. So absolutely well, going somewhere where it's re- weed friendly. I literally don't travel anywhere that's not weed friendly mm-hmm. at all. Mm-hmm. At, at all at all at all. At all. Because it's just not, I mean, it's, it feels like. But this is my medicine. I'm like, not going to, what kind of time am I going to have on this trip when I, this is going to be one anxiety attack after another. Oh, hell no. Yeah. That is not good. I don't do that. 
I don't do that at all. I don't do that. Um, so, but, and there's very many places in the world, when I'm not saying that everywhere has to be legal, no, but if it's like weed unfriendly, like you're going to die. Mm, yeah. It's not going to be a fun time. It's not going to be a fun time on that. No. You know you're going to die. You're going to some penal colony. No. <laughs> I love going to places where they have a, a, if they have a medical cannabis, um, industry, it's going to be aight. Especially if you're going to partially work. And you should know somebody who has some amount of a license of some sort or something. That'll be all right. What is not good is to uh, go somewhere and get in trouble. Do not go somewhere and get in trouble. But one of the best things that anybody can do right now is go somewhere. Mm-hmm. People are not thinking about that. But like, no, I, I really travel. feel like taking advantage of the global nature, the the growing global nature of of cannabis is is really really key it's really key so it's one thing that i do tell tell black girls all the time in this industry go somewhere else try somewhere else i would love or eventually on my bucket list is to uh go to a black owned dispensary or farm in all 50 states but um I would also love to do that internationally wherever I can. Like that would just be, I mean, obviously I think finding a black owned something in another country may be a little bit harder, but to at least go out of another Mm -hmm. country and find like an experience, like you said, experience their cannabis uh, Mm -hmm. uh, communities or what's like ecosystems Yep, um, would be just so much fun. So much fun. Okay. Well, I feel Yeah, I feel very affirmed. I feel pretty high um in all of these things. How are you feeling? I'm feeling good. Yeah, I think uh it's time that we get into the blunt talk. This Okay. Hashish, am I saying that right? Hashish. Mm-hmm. Hashish Highness. That is the blunt talk for today. Because, I, I, again, I'm going to be honest, I know nothing about it. <laughs> I know okay, nothing okay, about okay. it. But, uh, again, I love research. I love Googling things. And when I want to learn something, I want to go to the most knowledgeable person I can find. Hence why we have <laughs> the dang Duchess on the show. <laughs> um. <laughs> Yeah, no, well, because I'm like, you know, if you want to know something, at least make sure you're getting the right information. Well, that's true. That's true. So tell me, what do you want to know? So um, you gave us a little rundown of what Hashish is uh, Mm -hmm. earlier. And you said it's getting, so you said the trichomes, getting the trichomes from the plant. Are those the little sparkly things that we yeah. see? Okay. Jewels. Those I'm getting like so much, crystals. Yes, I'm getting so much better with my vocabulary here. I'm so excited. Look at you. Um, so can you um, tell us what does that process look like? Like making, like how do you, because you said you get it from oil, right? No, what you do is you use flour or, you know, it can be trimmed, but the better, the better the material, the better the hash is going to be. So use good flour and you could have it, let's say just flour that you, you would smoke right now. That's 
flour, right? So you mm -hmm. use flour, and you can do it by hand, or you can do it by uh, using a little washing machine. I learned via the washing machine. I'm very proficient in my sleep with the washing machine, but I can do it by hand also, and it's very... Um, even more hands-on approach. So the idea is to use water and ice to agitate the the flour so that the heads of the trichomes fall off. Okay, because yeah, That's when it. you when really, you were saying really trichomes, and I was like, oh, those are little crystally thingies. Then <clears throat> I literally just imagine you like <clears throat> taking the leaf and just kind of like pulling down, and and I'm sure it's very much more. No, it uses centrifugal force. Yeah. So yeah. imagine a washing machine. So we, when we say we are washing hash, just imagine a washing machine, right? So imagine a small, a small top-loading washing machine, and you put water and ice because you need that water to be around thirty-three degrees Fahrenheit, and you put flour. If you're using the standard small machine, my max on that is three hundred thirty-seven grams, which is three quarters of a pound, and you let it sit. And then you literally turn it on and it washes, it washes the hell out of the flour. Now, the idea is to wash it gently enough that you're not busting up the flour, but aggressively enough that the trichomes, which look like, imagine, um, imagine a Q-tip with a really fat head, right? Mm -hmm. So the idea is that you want to knock off that fat head, but not knock off the stalks. Stocks are practically contaminant because they're fairly useless. What we're looking is for is clean heads, clean heads only. So as a hash maker, my job is to wash it gently enough, wash it fast enough, wash it aggressively enough to be able to get the yield that I want to get from it. And then they're separated. So so you got me on the washing, right? It's wash, right. it's, it's wash, right? So let's say we wash that for six minutes. Then when you drain it, just like you drain any washing machine, it drains into a series of bags, which are called bubble bags, bubble mesh bags, which are have different sizes and they catch different sizes of heads. Because all the crystals that you look at, um, when you look in the, in the microscope, you'll be able to see that they are not the same size. So... That's what happens. So it it it, it uh, separates them in the heads, and then you rinse that stack down and collect that wet resin, and then you dry it, and then you have hash. You can dry it in something like the freeze dryer, which is the one of the newer technologies since about 2015, where instead of taking anywhere between two and nine days for your hash to dry, spread out on parchment sheets, you can put it in the freeze dryer, which was originally, of course, for freeze-drying food, but we have definitely dialed in the specs so that you can dry your hash in the freeze-dryer and you're done in like 24 hours. It has a slightly different, well, it has a pretty different texture than when it's air-dried, but resin is resin, so it's a situation of preference. After that, people sometimes leave that as hash, especially if it's really high quality, a really high quality collection. They'll keep that as hash because that's the just the, the highest of the highest of the accolade you can give the hash maker and the grower when you can have the highest quality hash. But then a lot of people, and right now it's very much in trend, um, a lot of people go on to make what's called rosin. Um, and that is taking that hash that you have collected create 
that hash you've collected, washed and dried, and put it in these mesh bags, the same types of numbers that were in the mesh bags that you collected in the first place, but use much smaller mesh, much smaller numbers, and use heat and pressure to squeeze out the oil from those pure heads that you collected as hash. And so what comes out is this beautiful, anywhere from super clear to golden yellow, often other colors as well, uh, rosin, which can be dabbed very cleanly, just as you would dab any other kind of uh, concentrate, like a shatter or BHO butter or whatever and then rosin itself can be further manipulated to make different types of rosin You can have rosin jam. You can have cold cure, which is all the rage which happens after you make I'm giving you a whole class right here happens after you make the rosin and then you allow it to sit <laughs> After you make the rosin and then you allow it to to sit and then um, what will happen is the texture will change and then you like activate it which creates a slightly different color and a different expression and a different way the rosin is. So it goes from being sappy to being um, even more terp expressive and a more opaque color. That's a lot. <laughs> um, but, okay, so anyways, first, I think I need to smoke because my heart is just... Smoke some weed, smoke some weed. Yeah, smoke some weed. Because I was sitting there like, no, <laughs> please stop it. Please work. And then the whole computer just shut down. <laughs> Girl, this shit happens. Okay. <laughs> well, you know. <laughs> I fully know that technology hates me. So, you know, it's par for the course. But anyways. <laughs> we were talking about the process for ha uh, hashish and how much or what what that looks like and what it looks like afterwards and it i was saying it just makes me realize like <laughs> the different avenues this plant like has and the different ways that it can like really bring you know peace and joy and life into somebody's life um so mm -hmm. i never knew and now that i think about it i guess it makes more sense I always thought it was like cannabis and then you pull the oil and then you get the hashes from the oil. Um, but no, other way around. So when mm. you wash the cannabis, what do you do with it afterwards? Like after you pull all the stuff off of it? Compost. Well, yeah. I mean, okay. The truth of the matter is that uh, making bubble hash is by no means the most efficient way of getting all the trichomes off. So, one of the things that can be done is that, excuse me, the material can be dried thoroughly and then taken to a another processing place to be made into BHO to be made into distillate. There are people who definitely use distillate, you know, within edibles because it imparts no flavor. They know exactly how they're gonna measure it out and such. I myself am not smoking distillate, but it's one of the things that can happen. And, or you could just literally get it into the compost, but it's it's not smokable or anything like that because if the hash maker did the job properly, then the vast majority of the trichomes are gone. Um, I think uh, this has been fun. 
So real quick before we get out of here, I had a couple more questions for you. Okay. Come on. Um, no, I want to talk about your brand. Uh, you dang catch it. It's amazing. Mm -hmm. I love everything about it. You're doing like all the things. So tell us about what you're currently working on and what do you see the Dank Duchess evolving into, you know, in the future? Okay, so what I'm currently working, working on a couple of things. So I'm really currently working on is I'm really trying to um, enhance or not enhance, I'm really trying to add to the countries I've been to and touched land races and made hash. And in turn, taught hash making, maybe some more efficient ways of making hash and also learning more about the culture. You're frozen? No, there you are. Um, also learning about the culture of where I am. So this year I was able to go to six different places outside of the country and I like to expand on that next year with a focus on Africa and the Caribbean. So I'm sure you know that uh, medical cannabis is rolling out on a, on a global level. And we find ourselves in a unique position to be of service to other people that look like us without them ending up in a less power position that has been the case with any kind of imperial move. For example, the Caribbean burgeoning cannabis industry, right? As it stands, the most experts that are brought in as consultants are from other places that have no connection to the Caribbean. And I feel that it's important to be able to take care of our own and, um, for that reason, I'm looking at a project in South Africa and such because I'm also focusing on women because we all are dealing with a lot, but I feel like women can be given steps to, to step out of the patriarchal system when education is focused upon them. So you, we know this idea that you educate an entire community once you educate the women. So I want to focus on educating women because I know that the women will turn around for the betterment of, of their community and educate others. That's like, to me, it's a, like a practical situation. Um, so that's that that encompasses the education component and the travel. I'm always wanting to do more and more about travel. And um, I talked to you just briefly before about Mocha Mary Jane, which is a platform very similarly with Blunt, uh, Blunty Black Girls, which is about highlighting um, amazing women in, in the industry and amazing women in our communities and um, marshalling all of our resources so that we can know that there are endocannabinologists like Dr. Rachel Knox and Dr. Um, Jessica Knox and their mom who focus on how cannabinoids and cannabis helps our overall wellness and you can see a lot more people that look like us policymakers like Dashita Dawson policymakers like Amber Center policymakers like Shaleen Title and you can see entertainers like Shades of Sid uh, Lizzie Jeff um, you know there's a wide spectrum of how we black and brown women um, come to the culture of cannabis. And so that's what I'm trying to trying to show. So that's really what I'm going to focus on. And of course my garden, you know what I mean? Of course I'll be growing. So I'll be growing, making my own hash, teaching hash making around the world, and working on this platform for black and brown women in cannabis. I 
think those are all like fucking awesome things. And like, I cannot wait to see the Mary Jane. Um, mm-hmm. And just like you keep evolving. Like, I love your story. I love your brand. I love, you know, everything that you stand for. I love you. You're just like, like I said earlier, your energy is just such a vibe that oh, I'm so sure. excited to see where you go. Thank yeah, you. Yeah, it's, 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 you are destined for greatness, my dear. <laughs> Thank you. Um, so, one other uh, super, super random, I know, but mm-hmm. watching your videos, have you ever been told that like you would be an amazing voiceover actress? Because literally, I, I, I just like canceled to manipulate my, my voice. Uh, audible. Uh, <laughs> oh my gosh. I just canceled my subscription to Audible, and I'm like, um, I could absolutely hear a whole book read by her. It, <laughs> it, it would be amazing. You should absolutely do it. Because your voice is just so, like, stupid for your videos. Thank you, it's, thank it's you, thank it's you. Great. So, yeah. You know, everybody needs, like, what they say, seven streams of income. There you go. There's one more point. Hey, you know what I'm saying? your voice is amazing. Thank you, thank you. <laughs> Yeah, and you're musically talented. Like, you, what are what are those themes mm-hmm. that you play? What are they called? Those are the steel drums. Just literally music to my ears. Oh, thank you. Yeah, I've been playing for thirty two years. Um, um, so- I started playing. Oh, see, I'm sorry. I started playing when I was. Uh, I guess. Oh wow, it's thirty three years now. Oh, wow, I really started playing at ten um, in private school my- where my- the. Um, so I, um, I, I play the flute also. And so my, my uh, principal felt like if I was going to learn how to play Western classical instruments, I play the flute, I play the piano, that I should also learn um, instruments, and not just my, myself, but the entire school should learn instruments from our culture. So it was a very small private uh, school that was mostly everyone was from the Caribbean or their family was from the Caribbean. It was only 250 students from kindergarten to uh, t- through 12th grade. And we had the benefit of learning from a, a phenomenal teacher, Jeffrey Peer. And I was one of the people that just stayed with it through the years. So I've played with bands in New York. I've had the opportunity to play on some amazing stages. Um, I played with band in D.C., and in uh, Miami. And unfortunately, when I was in California, I didn't, I really just played alone for the most part. I really dove completely into cannabis. Um, And now that I'm back in New York, I did try to rejoin a band, honestly, and I just wrote an email yesterday, basically begging off being in the band because one of the things about the cannabis industry is that like, it's all or nothing. And yeah, everyone's just like, oh, you can have a little bit of this of a um, hobbies. I'm just not one of those people. I'm pretty like face, you know, just totally full feet in to get involved in something. And I would want to be that with bands. And I just couldn't make that happen. For one, I travel too much and practice. It happens on the weekends. So I had to beg off, which hurt my heart. But I have to remember that this is, this is, I was just saying that this is the moment with cannabis. So it would be very impractical to really divert my attention from anything, you know, to anything else. You know, I really believe that cannabis is going to be one of the sacred medicines that changes our lives. 
You know, you said we could talk about psilocybin and magic mushrooms at a different time, but they're all of these master medicines that we are in a crucial time um, that we are now understanding how to to enjoy their assistance mm. to make our lives better. Um, um, but yeah, I, I think that's amazing because I remember being in school and like I played the flute like one year, but we didn't really have an immersive uh, music or arts or anything like that. I think it's just beautiful that you had that, that opportunity and that you chose to stick with it because I love hearing you play those drums. Well, thank you. Thank you very much. I love to play. It's like, yeah, it's my happy place when I'm playing, when I'm behind my pen, I'm, it's my happy place. Um, so before everything completely cuts out, <laughs> I am going to say that we have done a full ass episode, a full ass sister smoke session. Um, but before we go, I always have a random ass question because what is, Highness without randomness. So I have a list of questions numbered four through 20, and you can pick a number and I'll ask you that question. 17. Okay. Oh, it's so, I'm so glad that you picked 17 because um, I was looking over my questions and I was like, ooh, this would be a good question for her to answer. And you picked that number. <laughs> Close your eyes and describe what you see. Close my eyes and describe what I see. Um, well, right now I see a whole bunch of water. Mm, the sun glistening off the water. That's what I can see right now. I might be wishful thinking. <laughs> Man, right? I would love to be on a beach. Mm -hmm. Um, I think if I close my eyes and describe what I see, uh. I don't really see much of anything. My imagination is not running right now. I think it's because I'm a little frustrated, uh, just a little tad frustrated with technology. And so my mind is blank. But when you describe the water, that makes me feel very peaceful. So I appreciate that. I'm sorry um, you're feeling frustrated. You know, this too shall pass. Mm-hmm. I will uh, smoke and then, you know, probably go eat lunch and then worry about it later. So there you go. Um, but anyways, like I said, before I want to wrap this up before the internet strikes again. And I just want to say thank you once again, not only for coming through and just dropping wisdom everywhere on us and for uh, just, you know, being amazingly you and awesome but for dealing with all the issues with me and being a great sport. I know we went over time, so I appreciate you um, allowing me extra time with you. And uh, yeah, I think that wraps up another episode of Bluntly Black Girls. Uh, but before we get out of here, let the people know where they can find you because we want to know all about Mocha Mary Jane and uh, the Dank Duchess. Okay. It has been an absolute pleasure being here, hon. And and like I said before, life happens, and when you're doing anything with, with media and technology, unfortunately, things happen. Sometimes things happen on camera. Some things happen on, on stage. And you know what? You roll with it because that's show business. And this is show business.
you know, small or large, this is show business, and and you've got it. I like I loved being here. Oh, look at you! Your face is Ian. I loved being here with your energy and and all of that. So it's been an honor and a pleasure. Um, I am the Dank Duchess. I can be found everywhere on the internet as the Dank Duchess. My website is thedankduchess.com. IG the Dank Duchess, TikTok the Dank Duchess, Facebook the Dank Duchess. YouTube, The Dank Duchess. Twitter, The Dank Duchess. Mocha Mary Jane can also be found at Mocha Mary Jane. And I really look forward to, you know, deepening our relationship. I think we had a good vibe. So thank you very much for having me. Yes, it has been a wonderful, wonderful time. And let me tell you, I just want you to know that you have spoken so many words of encouragement into me today. And I really appreciate that. Um, this is another reason why I love speaking to Black women because we are always uplifting each other. Even when we don't like necessarily know we're doing it, it's just inherent mm -hmm. to our, our spirit and who we are. And so I really just want to uh, say thank you for that. Thank you. Um, you guys can follow us at to Bluntly Black Girls on IG, Bluntly BLK Girls on Twitter. Visit the website, www.bluntly.com blackgirls.com and um, for more episodes and to order your Intentional Highness box set, they are still on sale and don't forget to comment, rate, subscribe, talk to us, let us know what you think of the episode. If you have any questions for the Dank Duchess, um, definitely let us know because I know I still have questions. <laughs> so, you know, I'm sure y'all do too. And um, just, you know, like I always say, don't be weird. Just be, you know, hot. I like that. Um, smoke a blunt, drink your water, and fuck what anybody got to say about being a bluntly black girl. And we are out.